everyone, and welcome down to episode number 60 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in sunny downtown Ocean Grove, Victoria, Australia. And if the very observant of you will realise that that guy over there may not be Cam Blake in Hobart, Tasmania, it's Ash Hughes making his second appearance on the Down South Photo Show. G'day, Ash. Hey, guys. How are we? Oh, yeah, very well. Brendan, how are you? Not <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You, you, one day you might end up doing this with Cam. Well, I was hoping to ditch Cam, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, don't worry. There'll be calls after this goes out. I mean, you're basically a better looking version of Cameron. I don't know about that. He's the he's the king or the the mayor of Tassie, isn't he? So he's got something. <laughs> he is. That's right. They just throw awards and stuff at him these days as well. So you know, he's. Uh, uh, the great man has been in contact. He is rafting down the Franklin. If people tuned into last week's episode, uh, Cam has been rafting. And uh, I think they just wrapped it up tonight, but he's still camping tonight. And then they head back to Hobart. Uh, tonight being Thursday night, we're recording this one. He's had quite the adventure, let me tell you. So um, oh, he's, he's, filled, he's filled me in on a few things that went on. Uh, one of One thing in particular on the trip was rather unsavory, but I won't give too much away. He can tell us all about that in episode 61, but it's not about Cam tonight. It's all about Ash Hughes. So uh, we look back through the archives, Ash, and episode 22, almost nigh on 12 months ago, uh, you were on the show with us. Um, a bit's changed since then. A lot's happened in the last 12 months. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back, I guess. I must have been doing something right back then, but um, yeah, I guess my hair's got longer and I've got a bit fatter, as we were just talking about off, off, off the <laughs> But, um, mate, mate, we've all got a bit fatter. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah, and no, uh, it's um, it is funny. Like, uh, like anyone that was listening or watching uh, the first time around, I, I do a lot of wedding photography. But um, reading through some of the emails from inquiries and that, like COVID and everything, was still very much at the front of people's mind. And um, yeah, looking back at some of those emails and correspondence I had, it, it just seems like a different time. So oh, it, absolutely. Amazing how quickly you forget how bad things were um, with lockdowns and who we couldn't see and all that sort of thing. I know. Uh, it, it's really unbelievable now Now that we're, in inverted commas, through the other side, which we're probably actually not really, but we're in a much better position now. I was thinking about this the other day as well and sort of just shaking my head in disbelief that we actually lived through what we lived through over the last couple of years. Yeah, we'll, we'll look back at it and be like, like we won't be able to believe it ourselves. Like we no. we'll get little bits in this and and pieces, but um, yeah, like especially Victoria and New South Wales to an extent. Like we we had some dire years there. Um, Absolutely. So, but as you say, hopefully we're at the other side now, and we we never have to uh, hear that lockdown word again. Absolutely, we're going to move on. I want to talk about your background. It's very cool. Uh, this looks sort of local to your area. By the way, for those of you playing along at home. Uh, Ash is based in Torquay, which is two towns along the coast from me here in Ocean Grove. So uh, Ash and I uh, are pretty much in the same stomping ground. And uh, Ash does a lot of his photography around Torquay. So I'm going to bet that that's sort of in your neck of the woods, that background there, Ash. Yeah, that's about 15, 15 minutes uh, further down the Great Ocean Road. What am yep. I doing? That is you beautiful. You've blocked it out beautifully. Point at us. So it's, um, uh, what have I done now? I've got me fingerprints over the camera. That's fine. Got a bit hazy. Anyway, um, do I need to fix that? I probably need to fix it. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, 15 minutes, I made it worse. 
15 minutes down the uh sorry this is really bad it's fine i'm watching but um yeah yeah 15 minutes down the, the great ocean road uh it, to me it's one of the best beaches uh that we've got in um well along the whole great ocean road there's this this particular side of the bay um is like really calm uh, it's protected and everything like that but if you go around the headland you've got some of the biggest shore break uh along the whole coast and like in terms of bells beach which most people will know it's two beaches around for that so you get some big surfer in that area as well so so for those of you who want to have a look um i'm going to link obviously ash's pay website down below and um you can jump on have a look at uh, ash's photos from around that area absolutely awesome and the spot on that is a great spot to go and take photos pretty much all time all year as well a bit of a go-to for you ash yeah look um even summer like on a 40 degree day that we never get here in victoria um <laughs> it, it, like it gets busy but like if you go to the western side of the heads um you can nearly get it to yourself on those days as well so so picturesque i i, I do a lot of portraits and family photos and uh weddings anyone that wants to listen to me and go to um to point at us i'm taking them there it, it's such a beautiful beach um and then from a landscape point of view as well so um it is it is a bit of an insta spot this one like if you see i am trying to point but you see that bit there sort of yep. juts out onto this yep. little sort of runway or platform. Um, I did hear he's talking oh, a few podcasts ago about how how risque you need to be from a um, – or risky you need to be to get a shot. You can be risque there too if you want. <laughs> um, well, there is a new beach just probably down below where I'm taking this photo, um, which is never good with a drone. But um, yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> There's a lot of people that put their lives at risk walking way out further than I'll ever walk out on there. Um, yeah. Spot, so yeah. it's a big drop. Like it's straight down for probably 80, 80 metres from there. So and, and you and I both know only too well how unstable the cliff line is along there as well. That whole stretch of beach all the way down through Anglesey is uh, not uh, not the not safe at the best of times. Yeah, exactly. And like there was a tragedy... In the next beach over, um, or basically where this beach ends and the next beach starts last year uh, around Christmas time where poor man lost his life with the cliff coming down on top of him. Um, but I reckon probably in the last, well, since I've been doing photography in the last four or five years, there's been oh, maybe five or six major slippages um, yeah. uh, along beaches within 20 minutes of, of where I am. So, Right. Well, there you go. Uh, my background tonight is... Uh, the beautiful Bowen Heads Bridges. And I don't know if you can go wrong there at the Bowen Heads Bridges. Uh, it's one of those spots sort of like uh, a bit of a go-to for me as well if I've got a bit of uh, photographer's block but I need to get out and take some photos. Here in Ocean Grove, if I want to shoot a sunrise, I generally head east to Point Lonsdale. If I want to shoot a sunset, I generally head west to uh, Bowen Heads. So that location right there, um, really cool spot to take photos if you're in the area go and pop down and check out that sort of location you'll always uh generally come away with something half decent there it's it's beautiful and like that that venue behind you uh, in the corner it's mm. it's one of the nicest wedding venues you can have um but have you i imagine have you seen ocean grove's main beach at the moment with all the flooding and runoff uh, I have, and I'm going to put a photo of it here on the screen uh, when I do the edit because I was down there this morning and uh, commented that it uh, looks like a giant pot of really bad coffee. It's uh, awful with all the water coming out of the Barwon River 
Um, well, it's perfectly natural, of course. Floods have been happening for millennia, but uh, to see the beach the way it's looking, it's all got foam and stuff everywhere, and uh, it's a bit of a photographer's nightmare, really. It looks terrible. So not exactly its usual photogenic self, the Ocean Grove Beach at the moment. Yeah, but in many ways, like I'm assuming you're the same with it being a nature lover, like you love the landscape and everything. Uh, in many ways, it's kind of, Paul's probably not the right word to say because like it's obviously flooding upstream and, and causing a lot of grief. Um, but just to see nature doing nature's thing and sort of, because it, like it's literally what, two kilometres out and then there's like a wall and it stops and the, the ocean sort of starts again. But yeah. just to sort of see where that tide or the, the flow or the current sort of take it, yeah. it's quite, quite amazing. It is. It's brilliant. And it's not something you see every day. And uh, I was chatting with a customer of mine in the shop today about the very fact that for the next probably two, maybe three, four years, places like in southern New South Wales that would have no water. So places like the Menindee Lakes, for example, are going to be chockers with water for probably the next decade. Um, And it'll be full of fish life and bird life. Lake Eyre is going to be full again for you know, it used to be, from memory, it used to be like one in a hundred years, like air had water in it. Well, it's had water in it now almost like every five years, uh, you know, regularly. And uh, what we were talking about in the shop today was, you know, being able to get up into those areas and get the chance to actually see that, let alone photograph it, but get the chance to see it. The bird life in particular, it does my head in how pelicans know that Lake Air's got water in it. How does that work, Ash? I've got no idea. You're right. Who tells them? That's exactly it. It's like it's like swans. Swans do the same thing. They turn up on on puddles that that have never been there in their life. So, absolutely, yeah. Um, now, last time when you joined us, you were also filling in for Cam. But since that time, we've had a couple of guests through the show. And what we normally do for our guests on our show is a little segment I like to call burst mode. Uh, so I'm going to put you through your paces. I'm going to give you a little burst little burst mode questions. Oh, yeah. uh, basically, it's rapid fire, so you can take as long as you'd like to answer the question, but there's 10 of them, uh, and we'll, we'll see how we go. So this is burst mode for Ash Hughes. First question, colour or black and white? Colour. Bang. Film or digital? What's film? Digital. <laughs> so don't shoot a lot of film then, Ash? I, I was never, I was never around for. Oh, I was around. That's that's a lie. But I was never, never interested in photography during the film days, and I have no, no nostalgic, um, yep. towards it. Yeah, you're you're in that bracket where you're not, you never used film professionally, but you're now too old to be classified as a young hipster that's yep. getting into films so you're in that little gray area in between so yeah i feel like yeah. if, if you want like if i wanted to edit like a film I, I could um just through the power of technology yeah you totally could um prime or zoom uh good question um yeah got him <laughs> prime <laughs> prime probably still prime the sharpness and the color in a prime is is amazing um but in the last couple of months, I've actually been shooting on a lens, a zoom lens that I was trying to get my hands on for like 11 months. It's a Tamron. You see that Tamron 35. There's money prepared earlier. Yeah, I've just finished the wedding self, so just I'm doing backups and everything. Um, Tamron 35, sorry. Yeah, 35 to 150, um, F2 to 2.8. So very small. Um, Sorry, very, very, um, just a huge range, I guess, in terms of, and and like it gives 
compared to say my 85 prime it gives a little bit away in terms of what what the sharpness of the the photo will be but the 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 being able to go from a 35 to 150 with one lens is amazing like it's really yeah cool. yeah i would imagine giving you a lot more versatility at the weddings and that's why you went for that so did you buy that prime well clearly probably primarily to shoot your weddings uh yes or no I, I think um like we've got a bit of a trip coming up which i think we'll talk about a bit later but um we will it, it's just a good one-stop shop for for all that sort of thing because i like to shoot in those I, I always get mixed up you call it higher or lower aperture when you when you like the lower number um, yeah so it's a lower number it's a bigger opening so yeah. so if you want shallow depth of field you shoot at the lower number so you like shooting at the lower number to have a shallower depth of field is that what you're saying exactly yeah yes. so like I'm, I'm kind of that sort of from a landscape point of view even sort of f 2.8 to f which i absolutely love in your photography is the way that you do that and by all means folks jump on his website and have a look is that our ash sort of breaks a few rules when it comes comes to landscape photography in terms of using the shallower depth of fields and using foreground to really really good advantage yeah it's something that that i think portraiture has really um really changed the way i look at things uh and the other thing is i just don't like carrying a tripod most of the time so um, it just means that I can shoot in a, in my hand, handheld, um, and get around to 20 different angles rather than just set me tripod up in one and, uh, yeah. and sort of firing away. So well, the well, tripod is a place, but it's, it's just like, we do have Cam here. He hates tripods as well. He's, he's tripod phobic. Uh, next question, landscape or portrait? Landscape. Love it. Care yeah. to elaborate or just happy with that answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think portraits sort of has its place, but I think portraits probably popular because of Insta. Like it yep. it's, gives you more um, more real estate on the screen, I guess. Um, but for the resolution that Insta requires, I think you can always shoot in portrait, uh, sorry, in landscape and then make it into portrait if you need to. Like it, Insta's yep. not needing any big files or anything. So Love it. Uh, Photoshop or Lightroom? Lightroom. Uh this is, this is a real spring. I'm going to spring a question on you and see how you go. What would you consider as being your best photographic moment? Oh, it's a tricky one. Um, best photographic moment, besides being asked back to this podcast, obviously. Oh, geez. Grease the wheels, mate. It's all right. You're on the show. It's fine. We'll have you back again, too, no doubt. Um, best photographic moment. Um, uh, to be honest, I don't know. There, there'd be a collection of ones where um, it's probably like it's a very solo industry, like a solo hobby type thing. So yeah. a lot of the time when you're out there by yourself and like the sun goes ballistic or the sunrise goes ballistic or something like that, it's just the feeling you get. And like you don't even have to be taking photos of the thing, but you've put yourself in that moment um, and people would call it luck, but you you're chasing that like that's the reason you're out there for so it's not really luck um but it, it's it, i think it's i think it's that indirect um pleasure of being in those moments that i enjoy the best um, yeah that's a, that's a very good answer and and i concur 100 and you're exactly right you don't even have to come away with a great photo you don't have to come away with a photo at all but that euphoria you get when you know that you've 
gone to the effort, you've put yourself into a great spot and then the, the light comes and, yeah. you know, that moment happens and you, you've put yourself in a position to be able to capture that. Um, my most recent experience where it was fairly euphoric was my trip to Mungo, which is now 18 months ago. Um, and just knowing that I'd put myself in the right spot to get the shot that I've really wanted, uh, it's pretty euphoric, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, um, you, you get better. The more you do it, the better you are at picking those, those moments and, and understanding like what the sun's going to be doing with the certain clouds around. Um, there are times when you think it's going to fire and just it sort of fizzles out, but, um, yeah, you sort of, the more you do it, the better you, you get it being your own little weather forecaster. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that question goes hand in hand with the next one. Yeah, and you may not have had one, but worst photographic moment? Worst photographic moment. Had, uh, it had any wedding failures, Ash? No, I don't think so. Oh, there's been one bad wedding, which I won't elaborate on, but... Um, <laughs> um but even then like wedding photography is so much fun like i'm going to a party every time so i wouldn't i wouldn't even think of a wedding moment um to be anywhere near the worst um i've certainly had gear bounce around or fall off um which is just gear at the end of the day but i can't think of anything that's um that's absolutely horrible Uh, well let's keep it that way yeah, it's a pretty good little hobby or business or job. So, so um, what would you consider as your favorite camera? Favorite camera again. This comes back to like the film digital. I don't get caught up. It's 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 like a hammer for a tradie. Um, yep. I've got like I've got an A seven four now, which is a, a month or two old, um, and a couple A seven threes. I'd have to say the A seven threes. Like they've 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 been absolute workhorses. Um, for the first two and a half years of my uh, wedding career um, and the amount that I use them week in, week out, like I'm coming up to 100 weddings in that two and a half years now. So I haven't missed a beat. Touch wood because I don't want them failing on me tomorrow or on the next day. But um, yeah, the worst the worst that's happened is kind of um, like to those cameras is like the eyepiece kind of cracked or something, which is easy, easily replaceable. Um, yeah, but it's so minuscule um, that they're they're uh, and like they've held up so well. Like I think they were released in two thousand and sixteen or something. The A seven three was released in I think twenty sixteen. That's right. Yeah. yeah. For those of you playing along at home and don't get the reference, these are Sony cameras we're talking about. Uh, Ash shoots Sony and loves the Sony gear. This show is not paid for or sponsored by Sony in any way, but. Uh, I tend to agree they do make phenomenal gear. And everyone I talk to who use them a lot, whether it be wedding, landscape, that sort of stuff, do use that phrase workhorse all the time. Yeah, they, they just haven't missed a beat. And like, yeah, I think with them only releasing the A7 IV maybe this year, um, six years after the A7 III, like it shows how it, it, like they really changed the mirrorless game, I reckon. It, 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 it forced me away from Canon at the time and I don't want to, slag canon because i know you guys always do but um uh no no we don't Canon's <laughs> <laughs> mirrorless at the time wasn't wasn't up to scratch compared to what sony were doing and yeah um it, it's like they're there now and and probably almost past it um 
from what I read. Oh, no, there's no no question. I think it's particularly when it comes to full-frame mirrorless, Sony are light years ahead of everyone. They're still, and, you know, it's like Nikon and Canon came out with their models and then Sony went, yeah, but here's the a 7 What do you think of that? And uh, just took it to another level again. So, um, no, I'm, I'm big raps on the Sony give, that's for sure. But the, um, the, the a 7 I haven't really noticed. Like, it's... It's got high resolution. The auto tracking on it is a lot better than the a7 III. Yep. Um, and the thing that excites me the most, which I haven't actually had a chance to do other than on my balcony, which is about as far as my landscape photography goes over the past few months, is bird eye tracking is phenomenal on it. So um, I can't actually wait to chase some birds. Not that I not that I ever do in, in my sort of normal photography life, but yeah. it's just so good that it makes me want to do that. Yeah, that's right. Now that that's a phenomenal feature in itself. Uh, so that's your favorite camera. What's your favorite lens? I would have to say my eighty-five GM, the Sony G Master. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's big enough reach for me to shoot portraiture, which is kind of my main um, my main jazz um, with the way my business has sort of taken off. Um, but it's great for landscapes as well. It's great to have a little bit of length on it so you can sort of reach um, or, or exclude parts of the, the landscape that you don't want in the shot. So like, I think I spoke about it last time I was in here, wide angles for me in the landscape photography, I use, but I use them maybe 20% of the time. Um, I'll, I'll sort of shoot 50 and above um, right up to 600 and just sort of pick those little landscapes um, but that A5 being a prime, the sharpness, the color and everything is just is bang on. Like it's perfect. So um, absolutely love it. And I still, like even though I've got this zoom lens, the Tamron now, um, the 85 still comes out after the sun goes down because it, it's got the 1.4 capabilities to shoot in low light um, and just the sharpness and everything. It's just the fast, great lens. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think it's uh, fair to say that you know a lot of the equipment that you're shooting with now has definitely helped you with your photography over the last you know little while in your in your relatively short career. Um, it's great to see that you know you've clearly got the eye for photography and you can do good compositions. Well, now you've got the gear that enables that as well. Whereas I think had you come into the game twenty years ago. Um, it would have been a lot tougher, I personally think, because the um, the gear just wasn't there. Like, you know, I auto focus. Come on, like, how cool is that? Like, the eye tracking stuff is just ridiculous. But you've still got to know where to point the thing. You've still got to know how composition works. And um, without you know blowing too much smoke, you're very very good at what you do, particularly when it comes to composition. It's like, as you say, everyone's got an iPhone in their pocket, and I know how much you love them. Um, <laughs> and I tell I tell couples at weddings that don't don't deter people away from taking photos um, of you throughout the day because I'm one person and yeah you've paid money for me but I'm not going to be everywhere and those those phones in everyone's pockets are very good cameras um, but there's good gear everywhere like the gear these days is like it, it's it's amazing like it's it's um, and it just keeps getting better like companies like DJI like I know it started as a drone company but what they're doing push the boundaries and then it means other other companies have to keep up with them so have you seen that new thing that they you can put on your camera that uh shoots video uh well it, it basically turns any of your lenses into video videography lenses but makes the autofocus and the tracking even better 
than what Sony or Canon or these guys are doing. So it's sort of like um, tracking for video on steroids, this little device that you put onto your camera. It's sensational stuff. And you're right, DJI are just pushing the envelope. So very, very cool. Is that a DJI um, product? Or? Yeah, yeah. DJI, I've just put that up. I, I don't even know what it's called, but I just saw it come out during the week. So uh, very, very good. So that's been burst mode with uh, Ash Hughes. So hopefully you enjoyed that. That was, that was some good answers there, Ash. It was almost like, well, we didn't rehearse it, but it was almost like we did. It's good. I don't know how bursty it was. So I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a ghost on here. Can you see me properly? I feel like I'm very. I think what you need is a cleaning cloth to wipe your lens with, okay. <laughs> or anything. It's a cleaning cloth or a, you know, you think... spit and polish, but uh, it's fine. Yeah, you would think I would. Um, see, that's right. People are listening anyway in the podcast. They can't even see you. And all that stuff you talk about point at us. There's like, what the hell are you talking about? That's fine. True. I forget about that. Like when I listen to the podcast, I'll watch it on YouTube. So I'm I'm so used yeah. to that. So anyway, yeah, that's right. you can't well, see me. We'll, we'll push on. That's good. The the irony of such a good photographer having a shoddy camera is not lost on anyone. <laughs> so our main topic for discussion, even though we're <laughs> already deep into the podcast, um, Ash is gearing up for a rather excellent adventure. And um, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit, Ash, about um, A, what you're going to be doing uh, over the next 12 months. Uh, a very, very, in my opinion, very brave decision and something very, very cool to be doing, particularly with a couple of young kids in tow. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. Um, but also I want to talk to you and get your insights in how you're gearing up for it in terms of um, the gear you're going to be taking when you're doing this trip and also um, what you might be sacrificing on this trip as well in terms of what you can and can't take. So for all the viewers and listeners, do you want to um, just give them a brief synopsis of what you've got coming up in the next 12 months? Yeah, sure. So we, we're going to do a lap. Well, we'll call it a lap. We probably won't make it a full lap of Australia um, in a caravan. So we've got a, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, that we have never towed or anything until we got the caravan a couple of months ago. Um, we have done some feral camping and um, I, I had a, a Renault traffic tradies van, same as you, Brennan, um, which I decked out and we've sort of camped out the back of that and tent, tent camp. But yeah, we'll be in a caravan going around Australia for 12 months. So from mid-January, we are on the boat to Tassie. So we'll go down and see Cam. I assume... I assume his billboards and everything are all over the shop, and he's just just go anywhere and just say, "Oh, gee, where's Cam live? They'll show you." They'll, well, know, there's only three or four people live down there anyway, so yeah, that's right. Um, should be just, able to find when you get there, you can give him a call. His phone number is seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that expect- old chestnut. I'm expecting him to uh, roll out the red carpet and sort of give us a, a tour for a, a month when we're down there. So. Absolutely um, free of charge, mate. The amount of times you've sat in on the show for him, like, you know. So um, yeah, so we're down there for a month. So that's kind of over the summer period. Uh, we sort of roll back into town mid-Feb here. Um, and I've got I've got a weekend of weddings that I sort of took on. I think I've got three back-to-back-to-back, um, which we'll just camp out in a, one of my cousin's paddocks. And then we're off around the rest of Australia. So um, the only other thing we've got booked is Kangaroo Island in that First couple of weeks we've got coming back. Talk about uh, a photographer's paradise, mate. That's you, you're gonna. You've been to Kangaroo Island before? No. So yeah, being, you're being, gonna absolutely love it. Yeah, been been to Tassie a few times and cannot wait for that. But um, never to Kangaroo Island over that way. So we've got a week there, and then 
from there, like I know we're in South Australia, but we don't really know which way we're going to go. So we don't really want to do New South Wales because it's pricey and it's busy and you've got to book and we just don't want to be booking things. So um, we're going to do sort of going to zigzag up to the Barossa and then probably do the York Peninsula, then into the Flinders. And then from the Flinders is kind of where we come to the crossroads. We can go north up the Birdsville track, cross to Birdsville, well, up to Birdsville and then across to the coast, to Queensland um, or southeast Queensland. Or we can go left at Murray and go along the Oon and Data track and go the other way. So weather could play a large part in it because, as you said before, around that like Lake Eyre and all that, um, if it's wet, some of those tracks become impassable and shut down. So that might make our decision. But we'll we'll literally get to a fork in the road um, and sort of we can go clockwise or anti-clockwise around Australia from there. So How how bloody exciting, but also uh, fantastic to be able to keep your options open like that because there'd be a lot of people that just wouldn't be able to do that and push for time, that sort of stuff. But to be able to literally get to the Flinders Ranges and sit there and go, where does this adventure take us? That's that's very cool. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, that excites me and I'm not even going. <laughs> well, and, and like the Flinders Ranges for me are probably the number one uh, landscape that I want to see um, in Australia. We sort of I've, I've driven past them on like going across Nullarbor before, but that was all from the comfort of the highway. Can't wait to get in and explore them and Arkalula or how we pronounce it. Um, but yeah, for me that that part of Australia is well, that part of the trip is kind of like the start of the trip. Even though we'll have a month in Tassie and a bit of time in South Australia prior to that on the coast, it's kind of the real outback where it sort of starts and we get into the big outback tracks and four-wheel drives and off-road and all that sort of thing so that that's the part i'm really looking forward to um so it's, it, clearly this is a, a, a you know going to be a wonderful time with your family and a great experience for all four of you to to be able to do this um did was the main motivator though to uh add to your photographic catalog or was it purely to you know let's do this while we can while the kids are relatively young and hit the road and the bonus is i get to shoot all of australia basically yeah basically what you said it's definitely yeah. definitely a family trip like for me um working up to this point to to save for it to buy the caravan to deck out a new car um i'm basically working two jobs i'm an accountant during the week and then a wedding photographer um on weekends and like just to give you an example uh the calendar year, 2022, by the time it finishes, I would have done 61 weddings um, for the year and then working full time. So there's, in that, yeah, it's great fun and it's it's um, it's great that my business has grown so quickly, but also there's a lot of sacrifice, uh, a lot of single parent for Trina, my wife, looking after the kids on weekends and that when dad's not home. So definitely looking forward to getting back to a little bit of normality, which is not really normal living out of a caravan, but um, normality in terms of having a bit of time back to spend with the kids and just sort of see Australia through their eyes as well. Um, and it just so happens we'll be in some pretty damn nice spots that we can photograph and learn a bit about video along the way as well. So Absolutely. Now, um, you've got a YouTube channel, which I will link to as well. Um, are you planning to vlog this thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like my 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 goal, it's gone. The YouTube channels, I think it's four episodes or five episodes. It went very quiet just due to time. It kind of falls off the back of the wagon when. Uh, but it is quality, not quantity. I've watched every episode, and it's very, very well shot, very well edited, very well put together. I just want to. I really want to learn more. It's just it, it's 
anything to do with the camera, um, creating content. I just want to have things that I can look back on and sort of see where I've come from and, and pick up things because like from a business point of view, um, weddings are fantastic, but like I, I want to have other options as well in the future. So if I can get into video, then so be it. I know there's a lot more uh, to it and, and it's not something you just pick up and all of a sudden you're a videographer. Um, but I want to be able to sort of share and, and um, capture those moments in a balanced way. Like I don't want it to be, or I was singing happy birthday to the kids today and shove a camera in their face. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but still vlog and, and so they've got something to look back on as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So with, with your photos, um, are, you, are you aiming, well, not aiming to, but are you, are you sort of hoping to be able to share them through like social media or your website or how, how are you looking to, to get this trip out to the masses? Uh, yeah, like Insta, I still, I, I still probably, Insta cops a bad rap, right? It's, it's, um, it, like supposedly the algorithm's changing and it's turning into TikTok and all that sort of thing. But I mean, if you want to be sharing your stuff, like you've got to sort of question like why you're sharing it. Like if you want people to look at it, does it really matter how many people see it? Um, or are you just chasing likes and, and that sort of thing? From a business point of view, Instagram is still a fantastic marketing tool. Um, but it, like I'll still share through that. I'll share it through my, my videos. I kind of want to get to the point where I'm almost talking through shots without it being, without overpowering the vlog. Um, so talking through what I'm what I'm getting photos of, why I'm shooting from that angle, just to give a bit of insight into how I take a photo or what I'm thinking. Um, and then the good ones I'll chuck up on my website that for, for, for purchase if people want to buy them as well, just like I do with the shots now. And you beautifully print for me um, when people put their orders in. Yeah, great. I mean, that's... For me, it's going to be really cool because, um, you know, I follow you on all your social media and stuff. And, you know, I, I'm I'm keen to see what you can do um, because I know how, you know, beautifully you've captured your part of the world. Um, but it's going to be cool to see you in new environs and see what you can get. And obviously you're going to be in places that have been shot a lot before, but you'll put your own issues spin on it. And I think that's what I like about following photographers in general, not just yourself, but, you know, to see how they tackle these areas and, you know, just as a lot of inspiration there i'm sure as well because you know i've i've actually never been to the flinders ranges um and i'm i'm keen to go and check it out as well so you know to be able to sort of follow along and and get a bit of inspiration for and and a lot of people will do this they'll follow and and, and get their own ideas on and and their own you know create their own um you know trip if you like from what you're up to so that's going to be that's going to be really cool it's yeah and that's one of the big things i'm really looking forward to i've gotten to photography um basically in the years that i've had two kids so our like um well my catalog or portfolio is mainly at the great ocean road which is not a bad place anyway of course not uh, it's mainly around like a few hours in a radius around where we live um we used to travel all the time like overseas domestically wherever before kids come along and i look back some of them uh, some of them trips and i wish i had a camera um and even I think the trip, like Eva was 18 months old. She's our eldest. We went through the southwest of um, the States and we we got off the plane. We had a click and collect uh, order at Walmart for all our camping gear and we camped, <laughs> through, camped through the national parks. And I got back from that trip. I had some Canon um, thing, but I was only shooting JPEG and just didn't know how to store my photos. And I got back from that trip and I was like, I, I want to I explore 
photography more and really sort of knuckle down and, and learn about it. So I think six months later, around Christmas time, um, almost five years ago, I got a drone and like it was only JPEG as well. It was a DJI Spark. Um, but it, it, like it, that was kind of what started my journey in the photography world, like properly, was just from that travel. Um, and ever since then, we've, we've, had, we've barely been anywhere. We've been uh, a couple of little interstate trips, but um, yeah, just getting out and about and seeing some different landscapes to be able to photograph, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, yeah, it's going to be an excellent adventure. Um, when it comes to your gear, you, I mean, you've got a caravan, so you've got obviously a bit of room to take some gear and, course there are weight restrictions and all that sort of stuff and you don't want to be burning tons of fuel on your way but are all your gear going with you or are you sort of picking and choosing what you're going to take um photographic gear i'm talking about of course yeah no you're right weights weights are a big thing um and i've probably i'm going to take a lot more than most people would in in the the equipment point of view like just a normal family wouldn't have anywhere near this sort of gear but I'm going to take most of it. A couple of lenses might fall off there uh, or get them, go into storage, but um, I, I want options. Um, I want to be able to to use different gear when it allows. So, uh, and and one of the other things is I'm, I'm coming back on the other side of that trip straight into wedding. So I don't want my cameras, even my flashes and all that sort of thing sitting in storage, me expecting to work uh, when I get back two or three days before a wedding and all of a sudden I'm running around like a headless truck trying to find replacements because they're, they're not working. So, um, yeah, look, I just, I just want options. There's been, there's always been something that I wish I had on another trip. There probably will be at this point in time as well, but I'll take three bodies, like two A7 and my A7 IV. Um, I'll have a few lenses. You'll need to watch me YouTube because once I actually do start creating, I'll show you what my canopy in the car looks like it'll have all the gear in in the foam and everything and it's just i've already started doing it it looks i just love the canopy of the car it's um i stand out there far too often looking at it so <laughs> but i've yeah. got i've got um like drone wise i'm hoping black friday sales next week actually have some sales on the dji mavic 3 because i think the last time they went on sale i'm and that was Black Friday last year, they they just don't go on sale. So yeah, um, I've been hanging out for them. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to buy the bullet and buy it anyway. Um, the uh, Mavic Mavic Three Classic looks pretty cool. Yeah, but it doesn't have the zoom functionality. The zoom functionality yeah. is what it, because again, going from that wide angle landscape, if you can sort of zoom in and pick your your little landscape, that appeals a lot to me. So yeah. Um, that's probably my last bit of gear that I really want to buy. I've got some underwater housing and everything, which I haven't had time to actually use. But so you're gonna, you got a housing for your Sony? Yep, got the uh, Aqua Aqua Edge. Is that what they call it? How exciting! So that's a, a whole another dimension. So you know, you're going to have your landscapes. You're going to be airborne. You're going to be waterborne. Jesus, Ash, you, you know what? What, what aren't you going to take photos of? Triathlete of um, camera gear. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, that all sounds pretty exciting, mate. So uh, as I say, if you guys want to follow along, um, link below to Ash's YouTube channel and also his Instagram, of course, uh, where you can check all that out and f travel the country with Ash Hughes. Why not? Get on board. Come along. Come along. Um, I did just want to briefly talk gear for a second longer. Uh, now, am I right in saying that you've got yourself a little FPV drone as well? I do. I've got the Avada. Yep. DJ Avada. 
Um, I haven't got it with me. I won't get up because I've, I've, I have got pants on, but they're not necessarily the nicest pants. You're um, doing the, new, the newsreader thing, business up top um, and party down the bottom. Exactly. I, I, as I said before, I had a wedding today and I got home and just the last thing I want to do is keep keep sitting in that gear. Yeah. Um, I do. The good thing with that is um, because there are laws around what you can and can't do with FPV in Australia, like you've got to have line of sight. And if you've got FPV's first person view, I think that's what it stands for. Correct. You put the goggles on, it's basically virtual reality. You see what the drone's seeing. Um, you can connect a cord, which will then go to your phone, and then you can fly it like a, um, a normal drone, basically. So I've kind of been doing that a little bit around the coast, um, just mainly to break up my day. Like It's, it's very easy because it's got like an eight-minute battery life on it. So you go out, you shoot your eight minutes, and you, you come back home So um, in my lunch break. And uh, I'm not doing anything too funky with it but just to get that rolling movement that a drone doesn't usually have it's usually got that yield or your whatever they call it yeah whereas this kind of has that rolling movement i feel it feels like when you watch the footage it's kind of it's it's more of a bird flying aspect i think um definitely and, yeah so just want to um incorporate that into some of my other drone shots as well yeah, very, very cool. And um, keep an eye out for the footage from it, folks. It's it's great. It's something different. And it's not, as Ash said, it's not your regular drone footage. Um, I just also want to, this is the Ash Hughes episode, which I love. Uh, tip of the week is something that we do every week on the show. And the tip of the week this week is very Ash Hughes related. My tip of the week this week is that all landscapes don't have to be shot at F11. So um, this is something that we've already mentioned that Ash puts into good practice. And um, although, yes, landscape photography generally means getting lots of things in focus over a great depth of field, um, I love it when people break that rule and shoot at narrower apertures to have more foreground in focus. It's very obvious what's in the background. For example, it's the ocean or it's some waves breaking, in, but they're blurred out. And having something in the foreground of interest that is... Uh, you know, it could be a pile of rocks, could be a lighthouse, could be a tree, something like that, that is shot at a very shallow depth of field in landscape, to me, will get people stopping on Instagram when they're scrolling. Uh, they're the kind of shots that engage people, something a little different, something that will literally catch your eye because your eye is so used to seeing everything in focus. Well, when you get an image where not everything's in focus, but only one part of it is, it's a great way to lead your viewer into your scene. So um, tip of the week is, don't get hung up on shooting everything at high aperture numbers. And, and just to expand on that, it's almost it's almost like you're cropping, like because like in the sense of cropping, cropping is it's just as important what you leave out of a shot as what it is you include. And I think when you're talking about um, depth of field and, and shooting at the the lower the lower depth of yes. field, yep, <laughs> um, I wouldn't make a good teacher in photography. That's no, um, fine. I think. It's almost a it's almost a form of cropping, but you're keeping it in as a frame, but it's out of out of picture, um, yeah. and it's important as to what you do put in focus then, as to um, what people look at from a um, what, what where their focus goes when they first see it. So yeah, absolutely, it can add natural depth to an image when there is no depth, which sounds yeah. counterintuitive, but it actually works really well, and it works really well because. 
as humans, we focus on a subject. So we can look at a subject and focus on it and the background naturally gets blurred out. You can do that in a photo, way more engaging. So there you go, good tip of the week for you. Uh, Which brings us to everyone's favourite segment, that's Dear Cam. And, of course, it's got a little twist on it this week. It's Dear Ash. Uh, So this is from a listener. This is from Kobe in Cannington, WA. So maybe you can head over to Perth and drop in on Kobe in Cannington and and say good day to him. Uh, dear Ken, dear Ash, uh, I am heading off on a long backpacking holiday for a year, starting in March 2023. Awesome. Uh, I currently own a Canon 600D, but I but I want to upgrade and hopefully downsize. Fair enough. Canon 600D is a bit chunky. Uh, any tips on what I should go for? I have a budget of up to three grand, but would like to get in lower if possible now not sure if this is in your wheelhouse ash it's certainly in mine but any anything sort of come to mind as i was reading that i guess no not really um (laughs) no i'm not i'm not necessarily the best gear guy but um i guess a little bit would depend on what he already has in a lens form in terms of if he's heavily invested in canon then maybe the canon um, body is the way to go in something smaller Yep. But um, yeah, if he's willing to change, like not even from a Sony A7 III point of view, but there's are smaller ones where you can lens are interchangeable. Yes. Um, the Sony A6 series, so the A6000, which is probably now the A6500 or something like that. Yep. Very, very capable um, travel camera, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, not full frame, but coming from a 600D, I don't think that makes a big difference. Do the other, do you have like Canons and Nikon have equivalent to those? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Canon themselves make the M series cameras now. Uh, Look, uh, Kobe, if let's turn into dear Brendan, but if it was, if it were me in your situation, you've got a Canon 600D. If you want a relatively shallow learning curve, sure. Stay within the Canon ecosystem. Um, The M series from Canon would, would, would suit you very, very much. Um, even the new Canon RP would be a good option as well. So you could consider something like that. Um, in terms of lenses that you might want to take, I can see you a lot better now, Ash. In terms of lenses that you might want to take, um, you're backpacking. So you are going to be battling for weight. Um, I would probably consider maybe just two lenses, um, probably both with zoom. So like an 18 to 55 or something like that. Uh, perfect for street photography and particularly obviously when you're backpacking and some kind of zoom. Uh, I know that Canon have got lenses like their, for example, you you could even go one lens and go to 18 to 200 or something like that. Um, it's a tricky one because having a budget of sub three grand uh, does make it a little hard, but uh, I would definitely be looking to stay in the Canon ecosystem if I were you, Kobe. But Kobe, if you're watching and listening, drop us a line and I'll uh, we'll talk off air with you about a few options for you. So The, th- the other thing is with, with, with like backpacking, um again like space is like it's at a premium so you're not gonna have a lot of room so like that 18 to 200 or whatever you mentioned could be a good option yeah um, because if you have to pack something way down in your bag you're probably just going to be like i cannot be bothered getting that out if i have to unpack everything um so you've got that one lens it's always on your camera makes it so much easier Absolutely. And that's way better advice than Cameron ever gives on this channel. 
Well, he'd be nicely done. He, he does that sort of thing, so he'd be perfect. Person. He does. Well, see, I was trying not to steer down the normal path that we'd go to when people start talking smaller cameras, and we all know which brand that Cam swears he doesn't get paid by, but, you know, it's uh, I don't know about that. Anyway, that's all good. Um, <laughs> uh, so... Thanks for coming on board tonight, Ash. I've really enjoyed our chat tonight. Um, hopefully we didn't eat into too much of your time between shooting weddings and getting prepped for this massive trip. No, well, when when the big boys in the podcast world come knocking, it's sort of, you got to drop everything. I told the bride and groom today that uh, that I had to get going. So yeah, uh, more important date to be at. So oh, No doubt they'll be listening now. They'll be sitting back there. They won't be at any wedding reception. They'll be yeah. out in the car. I'd say so, but no, it's um, it's a pleasure. Like, it, it's a great, it's a great show, and I love uh, tuning in each week. Although I didn't tune into the most controversial one, the back button focusing. I think that's probably one of the only ones I've ever missed. Um, right. But it's not something I use either, so I can join there. Yeah, yeah. I think you can pretty much guess the way that episode unfolded, and uh, yeah, we don't we don't generally stray too far from controversy. But tonight we've kept our noses clean. There's been nothing controversial about tonight's episode. Uh, so it's been fantastic to see thanks to everyone for tuning into the down south photo show thanks to everyone for subscribing and liking and following and sharing the community is constantly growing so thank you so much almost past six thousand downloads on uh, the podcast now and something almost equivalent on the youtube channel as well which is absolutely brilliant um so all the best for the upcoming weddings ash and you got more weddings to do Clearly, before you head off, you've got a lot more. Uh, just by the way, so I don't want to gloss over this. 61 weddings in a year? I mean, yeah. you're, a, you're a machine, mate. Uh, look, it's hectic, but I'm pretty proud of that as well from what I've grown my business. So uh, I don't want to be a smart aleck or anything like that or have any answers like that, but uh, they're just good fun. Like going and being part of such a special day um, with the couple and, leaving feeling like you're, you're almost best buddies with them that you didn't know from a bar of soap at the start of the day. Um, they are, it's a great industry to be a part of. So well, there's a very simple reason why you shoot 61 weddings in a year, mate. And that's because your work's bloody fantastic. So, um, and I don't have to say that. I just, I know that it is. I, I've, I've, I've been in the industry for a long time and you get to know who does the good stuff and you're one of those guys. That's for sure. I'll um I'll slip you that check later for saying that. No worries. Just just a just a little box. Just leave it on your driveway. That'll be totally fine. <laughs> That's no worries at all. All right, mate. Again, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. No, I did. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I'll be here next week when we ditch can. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, this has been episode sixty of the Down South Photo Show. We will see you for episode sixty-one, perhaps with the Mister Blake in the seat. Who knows? Could be Ash Hughes. We'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>